the role of the Holy Spirit has been debated by Christ-following, Bible-believing Christians for centuries. And so what does the scripture teach about the Holy Spirit and the gifts? What does Redemption Bible Church believe about these things? This is Consider It, where we're considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church here in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 474747 and we'll consider your questions. To learn more about our church and everything we're doing here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Aaron Orozco. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today on Consider It. Today we tackle a question that was submitted. It says this. It says, is cessationism biblical? Are the gifts of the Spirit still active today? All right. Is cessationism biblical? Right. That's a, that's, that's a word. Maybe if you're listening and unfamiliar with uh, that term, these there's kind of... Well, I feel like we get questions like this a lot on, yeah. on the podcast. There's yeah. typically like these polar opposites. Sure. You know, there's two camps. It seems to be the world that we live in now. But uh, cessationism is one kind of side of the aisle, and then continuationism right. is the other side of the aisle. And so if you're unfamiliar with those terms, it really has to do with the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. And uh, The what, gifts of the Spirit, The yeah. gifts of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah the yeah. gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we'll define that in a second. But it's uh, it's... It's these it's it's this, these two sides of the aisle, if I can speak today. Yeah. Uh, of uh, have the gifts ceased or cessationism? Sure. Like, and uh, and then do they continue on today? Are these normal um, giftings of the Holy Spirit and and the roles or the the offices, if you will, that would you know have those gifts that you see in the New Testament? Right. Um, are those still in operation in the church today? Hmm. Um, and so that's that's kind of the two different sides, you know, kind of just to paint them in broad strokes. And then, like with everything, there's different nuance and all that, sure. which we can get into here in a minute. But uh, And then the gifts of the Spirit, I guess, is the second question, right? right. And so typically, if you're unfamiliar with that, when, when somebody would refer to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, well, all, all gifts are really... Like of the Holy Spirit, right? Given like of the God, the fruit of the Spirit. It's yeah. the fruit of the Spirit, yeah. Which are these character traits? But then, then First Corinthians twelve and fourteen, Romans twelve, First uh, Peter four, um, they speak of these as, as Christians. You know, we come to faith in Christ and we believe uh, that Christ died for our sin. We've repented of our sin and trusted in Christ's atoning work on the cross. We are, as Jesus promised, we're given the Holy Spirit. He indwells in us, and right. as God dwelling in us, He gives us giftings for his glory right. and the good of the of the church for sure. the good of of one another and also for the you know the blessing of the world and so um so all of those giftings whether they're gifts of speaking or gifts of service come from the holy spirit right you have the gift of teaching you know the gift of mercy you know these 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 uh services these giftedness to you know advance the gospel and serve other people are uh, are all from the holy spirit but when it comes to this question, I think what they're referring to are maybe those ones that are more supernatural yeah, yeah. The gifts when, of the Holy when, Spirit. When we talk about, you know, when we hear this being brought up, cessationism versus continuationism, usually the the main ones that we're talking about are kind of the what we'd maybe refer to as the sign gifts, sign right? Gifts, right. And we, we think of, you know, the gift of healing, yep. um, the gift of 
prophecy Correct. and then and then the gift of speaking in tongues Correct. and these are these are really the ones that are kind of being um you know juxtaposing these two differing views right. yeah. uh, where continuationists would say well yes these gifts still exist and are used right. in the church and cessationists would say um as we'll go into a little bit more uh, no, those were for a specific time, and and those yeah. were for a specific uh, place and time, right? Which is interesting because we just talked about you know dispensationalism, right? And kind of goes along with that idea of how God interacts with His people, right? Um, at different times, right? But why don't we why don't we just start with that first question yeah. that was is uh, cessationism biblical? You know, right? Yeah, is cessationism biblical? And it's it's kind of a big category because yeah. again, there's like nuance here sure. of like. Well, is it, yeah, if by cessationism they're meaning like anti-supernatural, you know, like nothing supernatural happens, God doesn't intervene in, you know, in human affairs and all that. Well, of course not. Like God still is intervening. God is still, you know, miraculously at work. Yeah. Um, So I think that is, um, to to take it that far is to say, well, well, no, absolutely not. To say that God can't heal people, that God right. doesn't, uh, you know, God doesn't speak to people would, would, yeah, you can't make a biblical case for that. To go to the opposite extreme and to say like, well, some of the modern, you know, manifestations or what is portrayed as, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit is probably also not the work of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Yeah, because there are those that, you know, unfortunately under the the guise of Christianity would say, you know, just their own impulses or their own instincts. I'm being spirit led and this kind of like spontaneous. We don't know where this is going, but this mm-hmm. is the work of the the Spirit uh, to say. No, that's not. That's probably not the Holy Spirit. That's that's either you or even worse, uh, some other kind of spirit. Sure, you know, a demonic spirit, maybe even. Uh, and to attribute that kind of behavior or things may not be uh, biblical. And so, when you have those kind of fringes out here. I'd say that's that's not, and so that's where you kind of come into the to the middle ground. You have some then on the continuationist side that would be like, well, we're we're open, but we're cautious. Hmm. You know, we're open to the work of the Holy Spirit in these ways and the, these sign gifts, um, but we're very cautious with it. And uh, and and that's a respectable position. You know, yeah. there are many that are you know that aren't the kind of the wild, you know, barking like dogs. <laughs> you know, gold dust falling from the ceiling, seeing you know light reflection fractions in the room and, and claiming that that's angels or something moving around you know um and then there's also a cessationist position that it's like we're cautious but we're open mm. like we're not limiting on saying you can't you know and, and and still understanding that that god is still at work but to say uh but where where these gifts would be um normative for the christian experience say probably not yeah probably not normative but that's not to say that they can't happen um and so really where the difference comes in then is an understanding of of well who looked at these gifts and so to say is it biblical well then you have to obviously go look at the scriptures right you know and so when it comes to these like sign gifts you know the gifts the miraculous things of healing and speaking in different languages or tongues and uh um, and then prophecy and prophecy in the sense of foretelling, foretelling things, right. um, you know, new information really, as you look just across the scriptures, like just do a chronological reading through the scriptures, you, you really see these things in, uh, in bulk in only three different sections throughout scripture. 
at the time of Moses, you know, for about a 60-year period there when Moses and Aaron are leading the people out of Egypt and their oppression from, uh, from, from the Egyptians, they, that Moses has given these gifts, this ability to perform these really miraculous signs. Right. Second, you see it then uh, hundreds of years later in the time of Elijah and Elisha. These two prophets who are given uh, you know, profound ability to do these things on command, really, like at, without you know without hesitation, it's the Lord working through them, uh, but specially gifted or specially anointed to do these these uh, these miraculous deeds um, as a warning to the people of Israel as they were you know in really a state of rebellion, about to be taken into captivity, and so God is using these two men to warn the nation of Israel to repent and turn back to the Lord. Follow after the Lord, you know, or or this is not going to go well. Right. And then the third time is obviously the time of Jesus and the apostles. Sure. You know, and each one of those scenarios is a uh, is is about a sixty year period, and interestingly enough. And so when you just kind of step back and look at the scripture where you see these things, guys uh, gifted especially, are three very significant times where God is is interacting in, in human history, where there's some massive shifts. Here's now the first one, the nation of Israel being born. Uh, the second one, the nation of Israel is, is uh, coming to a close in, in this kind of way. Not that God is completely done with Israel, I'd say, but, but, uh, uh, but warning them. And then obviously in the birth of the church. And when there's a new, uh, you know, this, the, the Gentiles being grafted in and now uh, the gospel going forth from uh, Jerusalem at the hands of the apostles. And so each time these sign gifts are accompanying the message of the gospel. Right. Uh, the good news of God's deliverance, um, deliverance from slavery. We can be delivered from, we don't have to go into this captivity, and then obviously our deliverance from sin at the work of Christ on the cross. And so um, so if you look at it historically, okay, well, here's where it is. And so, all right, well, then if we look at answer the question, is it biblical in today? Well, what? where are we at today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that we're not in necessarily a massive shift, you know, God interacting, we're still in the, age of the church right um and so to are there still like apostles around well no there's not yeah and the apostles you know in this last you know kind of period were the ones that possessed these gifts you know i know there are people that call themselves apostles but when you just look at a biblical definition you know they're an apostle was somebody who had seen the resurrected christ you know that that was right there on the ground and uh um and they were then those initial kind of capital A apostles that were charged with advancing the, the gospel and the, you know, the building up of the church in that hmm. day. Um, now, there's a sense of little a apostle where we all are messengers. Right. Um, but that title or that office is no longer in, fun- in, in existence. You know? And so these, these, these gifts here then are... Uh, um, would say I don't I don't know that we can make the case, especially as you go through the New Testament, as the church is being born, as you're in the apostle or the epistles rather. Um, you, you, there's no mention of the gifts like this. Yeah. And so that in that sense, you know, whether you would con- consider yourself a cessationist or not, I would say, well, I think we have to say, well, yeah, this is biblical. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yet that doesn't mean that God can't act in that way. Right. But to say that somebody has this gift of healing, I mean, you you have cancer, you have something, you know, and you, you somebody's dead and you need to rise from the dead, like, go to this guy because he's a healer. Like, if that person existed, then 
you know, like the classic aren't, they need to be in every hospital, you know? Right. Um, but here's the, here's the nuance. Just because that a person who isn't gifted, like an apostle isn't here, a healer, a prophet in the same sense like that, um, just because they are not, uh, that that is not an office doesn't mean that God can't do that. Right. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray for healing. We shouldn't lay hands on somebody who is sick, you know, and uh, and pray that God would miraculously heal them and and believe it in full faith, um, and and to <laughs> to 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 pray and to believe these things um, would be uh, uh, and to neglect that would be to take it way too far. Yeah, I th- I think a a a position that we take as as you know, kind of the 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 open but cautious you know on the cessationist side yeah. is is even understanding what the purpose of these sign gifts were Correct. and that was to to prove or to to kind of like uh validate you yeah. know god's power god's yeah. deity even you know christ when he was here as a man showing that he was actually the god man right right and and that's where we would we would look and see well well now we have like god's full revelation to us and and you know he he speaks to us and reveals himself to us uh like perfectly the way he wanted to in in the word right we have the word and that's where we would say you know we we're not looking for external signs and validation right rather we look to the word right to see god's power and we believe that, that that's where it is through the holy spirit um another helpful thing is to understand how these gifts you know specifically speaking of 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 the gift of prophecy and Mm -hmm. the gift of speaking in tongues kind of i I think a helpful thing in navigating today the evangelical world and seeing you know how churches use or don't use these things is seeing well how what was the proper way that they were used in scripture right right? because like you were just saying we hear of all these apostles you know today I think it's it's helpful to understand well what was an apostle yeah. biblically right and then yeah. seeing you know there's it's not always accurate to how people use it today sure and it doesn't always uh correspond to what the word says and so yeah. you know for being discerning christians we need to know well how is it used in the bible yeah. and and is that the way that it is maybe being presented right now right. and that's another helpful way to be able to navigate is this is this right? Is this okay? Right. You know, is this biblical? Right. Um, and I think starting, you know, probably with with the fir- with the gifts of of prophecy. Yeah. Like you said, you 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 mentioned specific foretelling, and that's because the distinction of how the word prophecy is used it, it's two ways, right? We yep. we look at the the maybe the the one that people think of, which is foretelling, saying something new, maybe in the future, prophesying right. of what is to come. Yeah. And then the other one that we see in scripture is is uh, God's word being spoken, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, over his people. And, and in that sense, the second one, yeah. we, we actually do that every Sunday. We speak God's word, we sing God's word, we pray God's word uh, over his people. And, and in a sense, we could say biblically that is prophetic and we are not foretelling, right? right. And then the second one, you know, which we see a lot with the prophets, right? Yeah. With the prophets in the Old Testament of God, talking to the prophet and telling him to go tell God's people a message from right. him. And that's, again, we, we look, 
back then they didn't have God's full revelation, right? right? And which why, which is why God used these prophets to prophesy, right. to tell his people what was to come, um, warnings. Right. Uh, and we see that all throughout the New Testament. And, and, and in that sense, that's where we would, we would take the stance, well, God has told us everything that he has needed to tell us, right? right. He has revealed himself um, wholly in scripture. And so when we, when we, in fact, we actually warn uh, pretty strongly against when we hear someone say, I have something new or I have something that's never been heard from, from God that he told directly to me. Uh, in fact, we should probably be weary of that because right. we know that, that God has fully uh, shown himself to us. And I say fully as in like he is in Christ. He's yeah, fully manifested himself. Right. And, and, in, and in the word, right, the word became flesh. And mm-hmm. we see that in, in John 1, 1. Yeah. First uh, John 1, 1. Right? No, John 1. John 1. 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, in, in that sense, that's where we would say, okay, well, the gift of prophecy, as in foretelling, is actually no longer necessary because right. we have the word. We right. have the full um, revelation that God wants to give to his people. That's right. Right. In Christ. And, right. And so, that's where even, even you know, these instances, which they're recorded in the scripture because they're unique. Right. <laughs> they were powerful. Yeah. Not because it was necessarily normative. And this is how people were talking on the daily. And, uh, and so, as they were receiving these, you know, these revelations, they was always in accordance with what was already revealed. Right. They weren't often left field. They were, they were true to the scriptures. It was very, verifiable it was you know and it's and it's come to it's come to pass right you know and it was accurate 100 percent at the time and, and actually as you read through the old testament there were strong uh consequences for a prophet who would say something claim that this is of the lord then and, and, and it if wasn't. it didn't come true right they were stoned to death right you know and so today as you know they're those that claim to be prophets and then they're you know wild and wrong it's like well if we're going to follow a biblical hermeneutic then maybe we need to like stone them and, and which obviously we're not going to do but that's 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 the like standard right you know um and and so we, we just have to be like careful <laughs> with that yeah. stuff and you know because what passes as you know prophecy in these days and that foretelling like that are these like you know, oftentimes like wild word pictures and like I've seen an airplane coming to land and that's, you know, I, I think God's going to land America and, you know, on a safe runway or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, let's, let's just evaluate that for a mm-hmm. second. And that doesn't mean, you know, teachers like we don't, like we're, we're speaking in word pictures all the time, but it's different when we're saying this is from the Lord. Right. God gave me this message. That's that's concerning because that's sure. that takes on a whole nother weight of authority than to say, hey, you know, I was thinking of something and it reminded me of of this, right? You know, but I'm taking this is this is of me, not of the Lord. But it takes on a whole nother uh, a, a level of authority when we say this is from the Lord. Which uh, if we're if we're unhinged from Scripture, then if we're not if this isn't being born right out of Scripture, then we're getting into dangerous ground. Yeah. Right. The, and uh, that's that's that can be scary. So. Right. The other one that we that we've been talking about is is speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. right? And so this is another one that I I personally grew up in in around a lot in the church. Sure. Me and, too. And and learning, you know, as I began to learn what the what the New Testament kind of explained and shows us of of what this is, yeah. uh, I began to see that that's not really what was happening in my right. experience. Right. Right. Um, oftentimes it was it was a kind of chaotic, uh, undiscernible, 
and rarely was what was happening kind of being translated or explained right. or you know when we see the gifts of the spirit they're always used to you know like you said to edify the church and glorify god and and in my experience it was more it, that was not happening because how how can it be edifying when we don't know what's going right, on right right and i think you know when we look at what happened you know when in that in the upper room when when they began to speak and when they began to speak in tongues you know when we look at what scripture says it actually says that these people of different tongues as in languages, languages right. right different tongues different languages they began speaking in yeah. their in their own language they were all hearing yeah and understanding in right. in their corresponding you know right. tongue right and, and so that's it was interesting to to actually like on my own just hear and i mean read and understand and be like oh so what i've been kind of experiencing it was was not like that you know right. what i mean it wasn't right. uh, an actual language it wasn't uh something that was maybe uh understandable there was it wasn't really a two-way street right. it's kind of a one-way street you know right. and oftentimes when there was an interpreter it was the same person right and so that's the other example that we see in in, in scripture when when paul's talking about when they're when that's happening there should always be an interpreter, an interpreter right uh to and then again, that because that's where we again we verify well, what is that corresponding with what Scripture says, and we can you know right. we can see is that edifying, is that glorifying, is that actually right. in accordance what with in accordance with what the Word says, right. uh, and just in my experience, that was never the case. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so I think it's helpful to understand in these two examples uh, of how the gifts specifically speaking in tongues were used and, and were presented yeah. and kind of like even when we encounter that just measure it to that right. and that's even just a great starting point to say well is this biblical is this right right you know what i mean yeah yeah just to just look at okay what was happening and and then compare that with the modern examples because that's what you know most of what people hear it's unintelligible language you know today and uh, and if it's happening in a church service it's typically chaotic mm. you know and there are some to their credit are you know that are very trying to be very biblical and so they limit that so it's not the chaotic kind of unintelligible expressions yeah um but when you do look, when you just look at the, like tongues, kind of like uh, uh, distorts or confuses the issue, because mm. um, uh, it, it's literally just languages. They were speaking in languages, you right? Know? Because they were in a multicultural environment where people were coming from different places and spoke a variety of different languages. And so, as the gospels going forth, as they are talking about Christ, uh, there were people there that didn't speak their same language. And so, God supernaturally gifted these people to be able to speak in a different language, right? Um, to talk about the gospel mm. and praise God for that, right. you know? And, and so, you know, I've met I've different friends that they just have a knack for language mm. and can pick it up super quick. Yeah. And I have a pastor friend, he's in St. Vincent Island, planted a church there. That brother can speak like nine or 10 different languages and, and, and he's just, he can pick it up really quick. Yeah. And, and so, you know, if there's anybody that would have this gifting, it could be, could be him, mm. you know? Um, but yet there's like study, there's involvement, you know, there, he, he's, he's not, it's, it's not just he can hear it and all of a sudden understand it and sure. translate. And yet he, he just has a mind for it. And so praise God for that. Right. Um, 
but it, it, what we're seeing in the scripture is really just this, this supernatural thing. As the church is going forward, moving into new cultures where they're speaking new languages, God has given these people these these gifts. But what we see today is really not not that, you know, mm. and, and more so. I mean, there's we don't have time to go into all the different variations, but the one thing is, and as we're talking about, is this biblical. Well, it's that. Well, it's language, not unintelligible, repetitive, you know, syllables. Um, and that very thing, that which is really kind of the modern kind of demonstration of it, when when we hear that, it's like, oh, that's tongues. Right. What we often miss is that very thing Jesus warned against back in the Sermon on the Mount in in Matthew. Uh, chapter what chapter is this this is matthew chapter six in the in the uh right before he gets to the lord's prayer and as he's teaching there he's telling him he says when you pray matthew 6 verse 7 he says when you pray do not heap up empty phrases as the gentiles do and this is that's really indicative <laughs> it explains what we see as what people talk about the modern uh, phrase, this em- uh, uh, modern speaking in tongues. The, the Greek word here, empty phrases, is the word bata logos. Uh, logos being word or, you know, in this case, phrases. And bata is just um, like empty, which is very interesting because when you hear people speaking in kind of these unintelligible, they're just like saying like, you know, it's like it was like you're just empty words are just there's all they're saying is bata, 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 bata. Sure. You know, and so this, that's what this word comes from. And they're heaping it up repetitively. And, and Jesus right here is just saying, don't pray like that. Don't pray like unbelievers, Gentiles being like outsiders, unbelievers. We, that's not how we, that's not how we pray. We pray actually mind engaged, heart engaged, intelligibly before the Lord, praying according to his will. And so that's like, you know, where it's like, or people say, okay, well, like we're speaking in tongues, but it's not this, you know, yeah, where it's not this chaotic thing. It's my private prayer language, which is like, I, I don't. I don't know that we can make a case for that in Scripture. Mm. I know some say from 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, um, again, there's talking about these known languages. And here Jesus very clearly, I think, just kind of lays that to rest. Don't pray like that. Rather pray like this, he says, you know, our Father who art in heaven, all the the Lord's prayer. And so um, back to what you're saying is when it comes to the modern expression of tongues, well, understanding what it is, why it is, and then comparing that to with what we're seeing today, that's why, uh, you know, that that's, I think when we want to know what the scripture teaches, well, here's here's some, just kind of some simple, but pretty clear, I think, some decisive verses on these gifts, and so. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the modern, kind of, just the, the, the natural rebuttal to kind of the cessationist is, mm-hmm. is, well then, like, what does the spirit do? What like yeah. so? Does the spirit not have the power? Does right. can God not do these things? Can He not work in in ways you know that we can't understand? You know, they you, God works in mysterious ways. How many times have you heard that phrase? Right. Um, and I think the the answer to that is that I we don't believe that God can't do uh, miraculous things. Right. In fact, right. He does the miraculous Absolutely. in bringing dead people back to life. I think that's. That's kind of the the most. That's the most miraculous that, that is, work. That is probably the most accurate supernatural work that he does. Like when we think of what is a, a miracle, is something that is not natural, and, and right. a dead person coming back to life, even spiritually, is unnatural. Right. Um, and so I think when we when we see that, we have to understand, like you said, when someone's sick, as you know, the position we take is not 
well, we're not going to pray for this person because we don't believe God heals. Right. That's actually not true at all. Not true at all. In, in fact, but when we pray, we pray according right. to what Scripture says. And so we pray and we say, God, if this is your will, would you heal them? We know you can heal them. You are the great healer, the great physician. Right. Um, and, and if it's not your will, then we still praise you and we still worship you. And right. and would you help us understand you know, what you're trying to do here. Right. 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 It's the difference there in, in your scenario of with somebody sick of, of somebody saying, Oh, go get the person that has the gift of healing. Right. And, and versus us saying, no, we are going to pray that God heals this person right, right now. Absolutely. We mm. believe that God can heal yeah. and do that. Um, absolutely. We do. But it's like, instead of saying, okay, go find somebody that has the gift. It's like, no, we're going to pray for this. You know, you find yourself in a foreign context, unable to speak uh, a language. And, and yet you have this, like I've been in Mexico and, mm. and, 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 and other contexts, Haiti and places where I didn't speak the language, but you can clearly see that they want to engage. Sure. They want to know what you have to say. It's like, I can't speak this language. And so it's the difference between saying, okay, I need to go find somebody who has the gift of tongues mm. uh, versus God, would you help me to communicate with this person sure. in a way that I can effectively communicate the gospel? And if that means I have to find an interpreter or somebody, but or sign language or whatever, but help me, you know, in my broken Spanish and my right. broken, uh, you know, in our broken English, whatever it can be to communicate effectively with this person for gospel purposes. And you can do that, God. You can make us understand that. And so that's really where the difference is, is when you're, you know, looking for somebody like that versus believing that, God, you can still do this. And here's something that we haven't talked about yet, but it fits into this category. It's like God speaking in dreams and, and things as well, you know, and like right. it's the difference of saying like nobody's saying that God does not speak to us in dreams. Can he do that? For sure. You know, again, that's only a few times in scripture. Um, so we we would be remiss to say that, that that this is a normative right and so it's the difference between somebody saying trying to interpret their dreams every night as god speaking to them sure trying to find spiritual meaning in the dreams that they had that night like that's taking it way too far but it's but it but it's also too far to say god never speaks to us in dreams it, maybe God is using it. And there's a dream one night that's very vivid. And it's like, okay, and it's driving you back to the scripture. It's driving you back to try to understand it. It woke you up and reminded you to pray for somebody. By all means, sure. Can we say that's from the Lord? Well, yeah. But to say decisively, this is from the Lord, and now I have to go and make mass, massive life decisions based on it and things, that's uh, that's that's scary. That's, yeah. that's taking it too far. Yeah, so. and if, if I could just, you know, give some some helpful you know just some helpful thoughts as far as from my own experience i think oftentimes sometimes i think sometimes we can we can want to to maybe over mystify these these sign gifts as a way to to maybe materialize god yeah you know god is 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 something and somebody who we can't physically see and so oftentimes we want to see these gifts and say well there's god he's right there um where i think we need to be careful with that you know yeah. because i think if we look at the word we see that's where he is right you want to see god you want to know god yeah go to the word yeah. you know what i mean right. and and i think that is where you can start to see him clearly and and i think it feeds into it feeds into seeing him in your life and and in other people's life when you're in the word 
and you're walking in the spirit you're not walking in your flesh and and that's another you know caution if you're like having these dreams or seeing these kind of things and right. and you're not in the word and you're not praying that's probably a good sign that that you're kind of just over mystifying right. stuff where right. i think if you're in the word if you're meditating if you're in prayer constantly you know i think that's where we're we would say that like the spirit does you know help us discern the spirit does you know prick our hearts in certain ways and, and sometimes things happen that we don't fully understand yeah. and, and i'm not saying that those are like supernatural things i'm just saying the spirit can oftentimes lead us and and help us you know how many times have, have you heard and, and i've heard and i've been in situations where you go to share you know you go to a meeting with someone and something happens that you like the meeting goes the coffee meeting goes in a direction you had no idea you know what i mean you just end up sharing the gospel and 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 i've been in situations where i'm like i was not prepared nor equipped to kind of say the things that i said and i think you know we could say that the spirit absolutely you know he used me to 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 share the gospel to this person right right and and i think um as christians we we need to be uh we need to be diligent to be in the word and to be in prayer to then be able to be ready and equipped, you know, yeah. to be used by God when, when, when he chooses. Right. 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 Yeah. Amen. And, and so that's where some of these other, like what is kind of propagated in the world and other movements of the work of the spirit actually kind of, again, confuses the really miraculous ongoing glorious work of the spirit in the daily life right. in those types of situations in you know when we least expect it like that for his glory and his right. glory, but not for uh, not so we can be known as great mm-hmm. faith healers or prophets or you know speaking in tongues yeah. or dream interpreters or things like that because where's the focus there the focus is then on us yeah the per- the person who supposedly has the gift and not on the glory of god who came through uh in that in that moment and uh um, and and that's 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 unfortunate because that's that's the real glory. I think that's what we see throughout Scripture, right. even in the examples where you know where there are prophets and where there are people healed. It was less on how awesome that was for a person, but on the how awesome Christ was in that moment. And and that's the that's the real beauty of these gifts. Mm-hmm. Even even the non sign gifts, the non miraculous gifts. Yeah, even even like the gift of preaching. It's like that's the the the. the the emphasis is on wow that guy was a great preacher but the but real spirit empowered uh spirit gifted preaching people walk away and be like how great christ is right I, wow that was so glorious and the focus the spotlight is on christ not on somebody's oratory skills yeah yeah, the, the gift of mercy is wow. That person is isn't so you know they're so nice and they you know they went out of their way, but wow, Christ is so awesome uh, through this person, and that's why we have gifts so that God right. is glorified and uh, and and people are uh, blessed and edified in their faith, and that's really what it what it comes down to. That's the biblical purpose of any sort of gift whether they're miraculous or not. And so the encouragement is, yeah, pursue the gifts, use them to the glory of God um, and not to yourself. And uh, and then the church is being built up. That's the whole point. You know, so yeah. even the passages that we've referenced, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, and others, the emphasis really is on the unity of the body of Christ. And and they're actually corrective in many ways because they were the gifts were being used to cause division and discord. 
and that's not how we use our gifts. That's not how we uh, relate and love one another, um, but we do so. We use our gifts. We are relate to the body. We fellowship with one another, um, and in the spirit of unity, that's what the what the spirit comes and does. You know? Right. Um, and if they're causing division and discord, that should automatically re- reveal to us this is probably not of the Holy Spirit. Right. This is actually probably a different spirit. And, uh, and so that's, that's just a good indicator for us as we seek to grow in Christ together using our gifts for the glory of God and the building up of the body of Christ. Well, thanks for tuning in to Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church 